motherfucker, you have a responsibility to speak recklessly. People. Otherwise, my kids may never know what reckless talk sounds like. People the joys of being wrong. I didn't come here to be right. Just came here to fuck around. People like games. What's up, what's up? And welcome to episode 73 of People Like Games. I'm Solo, aka Games Bond, in the building. What up, what up? And I'm Lilo, aka Indiana Pion. Pion. <laughs> Let's go, baby. <laughs> and uh, as per usual, you are tuned in to the best damn podcast in the gaming industry. Trademark, trademark, trademark. Pew, pew. Let's go. Let's go. And lo and behold, because we've tried to actually make this a ritual, we're going to try to do it again. Lilo, what you been playing, baby? Dude, I have been playing actually nothing this past week. I'll be completely honest with you. I have not been able to play games. Um, When I say that, actually, I realize that's a lie. Okay, Crash Royale. Crash Royale, some new tournaments out. Been just fucking around with that, but three minutes at a time. That's it. What about you, Solo? Uh, Pokemon Go, three minutes at a time. So basically pretty <laughs> yeah, much similar same, week. Same shit. Because same shit. Uh, we have been, pause. Hey, blow up. Busy planning. That's right. It's a plug walk time. We've been busy planning the Soiree Do Gaming. May 3rd, if you're in Huntington, come through 6 p.m tickets available on eventbrite not to mention not to mention new event partners 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 it's he's saying that on purpose yeah we're we're doing this on purpose because we got trace which shout out to 1a trace i did finally sign up for your wedding shit i am going to show up they are not related at all. But not related like at all, but Trace is related. <laughs> but I had to get that off my chest because I dropped the ball and had to make it back off, and now it's back off my chest. Anyway, yeah. shout out to Microsoft, Starbucks, and Ben and Jerry's, our three event sponsors so far. We got a lot more what? in the works. We got some heavy hitters. Tickets are only five bucks. That shit's going to be a banger. Come through. Anywho, now on to the uh, social Actual plugs plug and whatnot. Uh, Twitter, at People Like Games, is a handle. At Lilo PLG for Lilo. At Beezus PLG for Beezus. And uh, at People Like Games for me still. Because I'm probably never going to get around to actually creating my own version of one. But what can you do? It's a difficult task, and I don't have the time. It happens. And... Uh, the Instagram at people like games, which what surprise we keep our handles variated to be original, and uh, you can find this show that you're listening to more or less everywhere and the usual suspects: um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, so on and so forth, and soon to be YouTube. We're gonna start cutting up the episodes and putting it up, but. We want to get an interesting visual to add before we sort of jump into that. And lastly, mm-hmm. the subreddit, r backslash people like games. Check that shit out. Check all those shits out. And 
enough of me. I'm going to kick it over to Lilo for a little bit of... The talk, baby. Table of contents. What can you expect this episode? Well, this week we're debuting a few new things for you, baby. We're going to start out with this thing called the hot cakes. It's a pun on hot cakes. We're going to give you one-liners from the industry that we think you should know. And honestly, the headline says it all, so don't worry about that. Then we're going to roll into our (sighs) always present and ever faithful quick scope. Giving a rundown of the industry that news from the past week of the 10th that you should know in the gaming industry give you a rundown there follow that up with unfortunately not rumor mill but we will be bringing that out next week for sure we're going to make that a staple of the show we decided on that actually today but we're going to go into something uh solo something or another is going to be going to whatever he wants to because it's solo something or another followed by my debut of Lilo's Laboratory. Yes, uh, we've been talking at length about trying to get this off the ground, and I finally got the time and put some, I think, interesting information together that you should know that should help your gaming life. And we're going to wrap this stuff up if we got the time, because we're sticking to a time limit with the final lap. And this final lap is about accessibility in games versus, uh, you know, what is it? Accessibility in games versus player engagement and the debate that's ever ongoing in the gaming industry. We're going to give you our thoughts about that. So without further ado, let's roll it over. Hit me with the quick scope. There we go, baby. All right. So starting off quick scope. Oh, sorry. Starting start off hotcakes. Shit. Whoa, oh, I whoa, fucked that up. Whoa, we both fucked that whoa, up. Whoa, 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 yeah, whoa, whoa. We don't pause. Have a, we don't have a segment. Pause, for pause, pause. Which we, um, we need that. No, we don't have a new segment for you. No, we're just kidding. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> right. we will fuck this up. But we're just going to run with it anyway because... Uh, Dude, just go. It, it's one-liners, man. It's one-liners. Hot cakes, so right? hot cakes, one-liners of the industry, just for info's purposes. We, uh, Stardust. If you didn't know, this past week it came out that Roblox has hit 90 million active monthly users, which is close to Minecraft. And the company is currently valued at a net worth of $1.5 billion. Insane. Okay. Then teens are spending more on gaming than ever before. Approximately 15% of teen male income ages 14 to 18 is spent on video games. Interesting. Solo? A new Nico partner study has found that the general or greater rather Southeast Asia uh, community has a 60% interest uh in strongly being engaged in esports and to just be specific those countries included in that are indonesia malaysia philippines singapore thailand vietnam and taiwan now pause oh, shit come right back turbo there hey, we go shout out now to starting little baby in the squad <laughs> All right. So to start off quick scope, I'm just going to highlight the fact that all of you gaming fans out there have been wondering how esports is doing. Well, this is probably a sign of the times to come. Uh, 50 million esports arena is being planned and developed for Philadelphia and Philadelphia Fusion. It's coming to the Overwatch League. If you don't know, that's where they're from. So... This arena is being created in South Philly, close to where the Flyers, Phillies, and Eagles will play. Its development is starting this summer, and it is expected to have an opening date of 2021, the summer of 2021. So this Fusion Arena will be home to the year-round recruitment, their training, their competitions, and also are going to host outside events. Interesting, excuse me, I had to burp there. Um, Interesting in that 
it's the first of its kind other than the one that Overwatch did for all the teams. So this is a literal city specific stadium and it will be the first of its kind. Incredible, exciting, should be fun. And uh, this investment is not insignificant. Like 50 million is no joke. I don't have it. You don't have it. It's going to be a 65,000 square foot arena and you should expect to watch the home team play in their city. Hopefully Philly fans can represent. You know what I'm saying? That's all I got. Uh, well, there's going to be a lot of first of ever, first evers uh, as the sort of stadiums and arenas and probably just generally large scale <laughs> computer centers yeah. are built with specialized names and seating but hey if it sells seats why not and now right? it's gonna sell on to our next story here which is a little bit of a google whoopsie daisy and that is because according to a recent wire story they found dozens of games uh, on the google play store that carried all ages ratings, but that featured violence, gore, gambling, and more on its <gasps> storefronts. You uh, don't say. And that is not surprising because the site traced the issue to the International Age Rating Coalition, which is a group of six international ratings authorities. And basically, what this company does, or this coalition quote unquote does is they send out a questionnaire that developers fill out about their games and then the answer determined what the appropriate regional rating would be for those authorities for around the world which basically leaves a whole lot because there's a 99% chance that they don't play any of those fucking games and then they just rate them and so then yep. you end up getting games like Mad Max Zombies um which is basically a killer, but there was uh, Peggy, Th which is this, Mad Max Zombies, carried a Peggy 3 rating, which is considered all ages, right? And granted, it's just a uh, shoot 'em up of corpses and gore, and sort of like a zombie shoot 'em up. But the problem is, the game has a ability or maybe it's a separate game called guns which has the ability to allow users to use pictures from their camera roll to use as shooting targets oh shit Are yeah, you that ga <laughs> yeah. That's that's, that, excuse me, that game's called guns uh and that's an e10 rating the oh, game wow. above the mad max zombies one is name, in all ages but those are both the same rating system they're both three star ratings of a, 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 a six star scale and so it's it's a little bit ridiculous um but not surprising whatsoever. A lot of companies, obviously Google says that when it's brought to their attention or flagged, they automatically pull it from the store. But this, if you're familiar with technology, is sort of the risk inherent to allowing an open, you know, ended marketplace of that nature. Or you can take something close, like what Apple offers you, and then you have to abide by the rules Things are fully. Scrutinized incredibly, you know. Yeah, same exactly. and same in the case of Steam, which you know we're seeing as well. So, who knows? I think it, it, it's just bound to happen. People are going to try to exploit the system, and systems are always, uh, you know, liable to be exploited in this nature. But as long as they're, you know, actually doing something about it, which they are, not the biggest story. So, hence, whoopsie daisy. 
It's all right. <laughs> they still have a lot more questions to answer about Stadia before they, you know, do anything else. By Google Play? Yeah. Yeah. They are going to be just fine. Um, you know who is making a surprise in the market, though, and who might not be fine, but with these changes could be fine? I don't really know. Well, it's this company called Atari. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Uh, Atari... I looked it up. We should have debuted this news back in episode 42, but it was scrubbed from the list probably because we were running over time. Anyway, um, Atari DCS is a new console that was trying to join the market. I spoke to you at length several weeks back about all these different consoles coming out, new competitors entering the scene. Well, Atari VCS is one of them. It is going to debut all the retro games that Atari had, as well as new games, and is supposed to be developer-friendly, right? Well... Some of the hardware underneath Atari VCS is actually extremely powerful and you wouldn't expect it. So just to give you a rundown, they have 14 nanometer AMD processor in that baby with a high performance rate on graphics. They're gonna have two Zen CPU cores and they're gonna be, it's gonna have a built-in ethernet port natural 4k or rather native 4k which is insane if you think about it you're playing an atari game in native 4k and then you're gonna have it's called a secure frame buffer but it's gonna support a certain type of video that streaming services utilize so netflix and hbo and hulu and etc like all, all these websites use a certain type of uh frames and DRM video format, that kind of thing. Anyway, the box will support that, which means they're thinking forward in having a one-stop entertainment console, which is what your PS4 or Xbox is already probably doing. But I digress. They're upgrading the whole structure of the VCS they debuted. It's coming out this fall. They're moving two of the four USB 3.0 ports that were on the back of the actual console to the front so that people can plug in you know, the controllers that you're gonna use and stuff like that. Trying to take into account ease of use. Why they didn't think of that in the first place, I have no fucking idea, but I guess they got the feedback that they did. Either way, this little Atari console is boasting things, pretty much boasting the internals like that an Xbox One X or PS4 could be. They're comparable. They're not actually there, but they are comparable. They're definitely way more powerful than Xbox One and a PS4. And so that's kind of insane to me. And I am genuinely curious as to how the developer is going to react to this new software that they can create games for. And I just don't know what's going to happen, but we thought it was important for you to understand. Atari VCS is making a play for your, for your TV, for your time. And I think with the hardware in general, it's possible. I don't know. Solo? Uh, I have no faith in Atari, to be frankly honest. But I do have... They're making it, though. They're make, I'm, I'm sure they they're... Money. Many people make many a things, but many a things don't make it. Ayo! Now, on to our next story, which yeah, is... I can, I can agree. ...of one of our favorite companies. Uh, if you're a regular, you already know what this sound cue is. This is like the theme music of one of our favorite companies. That's Tencent in the building, as usual, making moves which are gigantic, seemingly randomly. And in this case, Tencent has decided to release a international version of its Wii game storefront out of nowhere, with no fanfare or no marketing attached to it, the early access version is available on its website. And according to a representative who was reached, they said that it was just testing the platform to see how it could serve its global users. 
the Wii game X, which is what it's titled, has a catalog of about 30 games, but most of them are Chinese, are from Chinese developers. That doesn't really surprise me, given that, you know, I, you know, we had mentioned on the show a couple of weeks back, I believe we had done a story about a focus on getting Chinese developers to export games here to the West instead of always having to import games and figure out ways to adapt them to the Eastern the market. Originality, yeah, you know, yeah. And that was a long time ago. Now I guess they're trying to make moves in that realm. And so, you know, as a company that has a little bit of money in Riot Games, Epic Games, Ubisoft, and Paradox, as well as a few other playing. You said it right. I'm so proud As of you. Well, oh, man. I got not, a big grin on my face. <laughs> yeah. They just don't have any investment in Bethesda. Anyway. <laughs> I have to bring it back down. Bethesda. 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 Anywho. Uh, that's all I got. Uh, they, are go- they have the potential to be a major player here, but I just feel like there's a... Uh, a hesitation for most or not most for the average u.s consumer to purchase or use something from china so that's a reason something like huawei phones aren't big here or you know any other services that china has necessarily exported or china hasn't really tried to export any platforms of this nature uh before or to this degree, uh, to the international market. Dude, they're so. doing a whole bunch of shit. It's this new. is just like yeah. the streaming service on every fucking console. They're doing the same thing that every other big player is doing in the United States, but they're doing it all at once. How crazy is that shit? We just talked about Tencent last week. Talk about Start. Tencent is you like... You play all the games. The video game yeah. arm of the Chinese government, so it makes sense. It's just... It's asinine. It's insane. It's, it's asinine. incredible. It is incredible. And... I'm excited to cover it because they're going to keep continue doing it. And yeah, for real, like fly us out. Let us do a story about you. And I can promise you it will be utterly wonderful. And that's because we are very unbiased people here. We cannot be bought off. (laughs) We cannot be bought off. We cannot be bought off. But fly us out. There we go. That's how you tell them. All right. We're going to pivot here to our next story. This is something that actually came out a while ago, but has, I guess, resurfaced as a story that should be on your radar. So what is this? There is a player, hey yo, uh, pun intended. There's a player gaming platform in development, and it's literally called P-L-A-I-R. That is player. It's supposed to be a pun on player. Like, as in, I'm player one, player two. Anyway, this is a gaming platform that is built on blockchain technology. Hey, blockchain. So his ears perked up. You heard him. Like, it's he's like, oh, my God, what's going on? So this is a decentralized gaming platform that's built on the VE chain or VET blockchain product. And its first demo was released, apparently, all the way back in October. But it's currently still in alpha. And new news has come out that, yeah, they're working through their alpha stages in an effort to get an open beta so that everyone can work on it. What is Player? Well, Player is essentially combining all of your favorite things from Discord, Twitch, and Steam. It's going to be a hub where players can get together and coordinate with each other. But the biggest thing is that you're going to be able to purchase virtual cryptocurrency, okay? 
with this cryptocurrency, you're going to be able to start your own tournaments and use that cryptocurrency as you know the um, the prizes for those particular tournaments. And the goal is to start sort of this team-based tournaments server, I guess you'd say, for all these different games. And in their demonstration by player underscore life on Twitter, it's uh, the CEO Ptang987 goes through all the functionality they currently has and what they're expecting. So they highlight games like Dota 2, PUBG, Fortnite, League of Legends. Players will be able to stream their games on the player window itself. And if you're a fan, you can watch it there and just very much like Twitch, you can buy these coins, which would be the equivalent of bits, and you can you know, pay them or rather, you know, donate them to your streamer of choice in their tournament. It's really just combining all of these buzzwords that we've been tracking for months now into one single hub. And it's kind of insane that uh, no one else has essentially attempted to do this and player is like uh, out of left field. But right now, they're not in open beta again. There's not a lot of people testing it, so there's it's still under the radar. However, I wanted to give you the highlights because this could be a big player in the future. And uh, I don't know. One-on-one -on -one tournaments where you can wager your own money and have these uh, your own bits and shit, that's like kind of awesome. We have other services trying to do the same thing. However, player, the UI looks real nice. The user interface, it's incredibly smooth and buttery. And uh, I think you should just... When you see the weirdest spelling of P-L-A-Y-E-R as P-L-A-I-R, just know you heard it here first, all right? You heard it first. So you got any uh, thoughts on blockchain technology in Discord, Twitch, and Steam all combined together in player platform? What? Uh, if it sounds like an analogy of a compilation of everything that already exists, it is completely unoriginal and has no basis of existence. Uh, therefore... Hey, man. It does it's have the using... interesting concept of being a platform, as you said, for blockchain, which was where my ears perked up, of being a good ledger system That's for when you do do, ha, do do, yeah, what? But no, when you do wager against opponents, uh, it would sort of serve as a, a good way to keep an eye on the system uh, and a good way for you to be able to do your taxes because it's tax season. Anyway. <laughs> now, on to our next story, which is slightly short. Uh, it was a conversation over on the Esports Observer with the <clears throat> head of Esports on what uh, trends were driving viewer engagement. And specifically, it was about the evolution uh, of viewership and the way Twitch has really grown and its streamers have grown and the way that Battle Royale games uh, in particular have sort of changed the way or changed the, the percentage of... The market? View yeah, exactly, of viewership from one that was more team-oriented to one that is more streamer-oriented. And we've spoken about this. Solo. We've spoken... <laughs> Ball and solo way, R.I.P. Nipsey. Um... But we've spoken about this before, and you know, when it comes to streamers, it is a little bit top-heavy, in my opinion, where there's like a dozen dudes and like four chicks, and that's it. 
and that mm-hmm. constitutes the entirety of the community, which I don't think should necessarily be the case. The people is the community, as we like to say just now, but now we'll continue to say. And <laughs> it doesn't necessarily sort of touch on a couple of things, which I am curious about, which is the uh, ways, which I highly suggest just checking out the interview yourself. Uh, it was conducted by Trent Murray over on Esports. Esports Observer, as I said, but the way that if streamers aren't signed necessarily by teams, the way that any focus on individuals would hurt relationships with teams, given that the teams would want you to focus on the team-based sports and prioritize those. So where does Twitch go when it's showing the Overwatch League, but Pokimane has an event on the same night. Who's getting priority? You know? It should be the Overwatch right. League, but it could be Pokimane if the numbers are there. So. Why are you saying it like that, man? That's you're her talking... name. <laughs> oh, Pokimane. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, you're right, you're right. I literally was thinking Pokemon. I was like, why are you even comparing the two? And then now it, it all clicks. It all clicks. Pokimane. Got it. I got it. If you ever want to come on the show, Pokey, Pokey Maine, and explain where the name came from, I have zero background knowledge on your, on your career. (laughs) (laughs) But all right, on to the next story. You have anything? Do you have anything to add on that? Rather, anyway. I, everything that you said is something we've already talked about at length on the show. Yeah. Pop heavy. We understand that. And what I thought was interesting is that you're right. People are the community, but people who are in the community are letting these streamers be the ones who are top heavy. And there's just a whole bunch of people just streaming their their lives away, getting unrecognized, and we're all about them too. We just want to make sure that, you know, you get a good shout out. The people who are at the top, they know what they're doing. They've been doing it for a while. They know what hooks people, but the people at the bottom are getting started. I want to shout them out too, because they got the dream, man. Gotta support him. That that's kind of it. That's that's the angle I was gonna take there. However, this next angle I'm gonna take is even better because this is essentially the start of the rumor mill. This is the start of the resurgence of rumor mill, but it's a little bit longer than I want to talk about. Anyway, this rumor is that Halo Infinite, the next freaking debut from 343 coming out, is apparently the biggest and most expensive project in gaming. It is currently rumored. Yes, I know it should be in rumor mill. However, is rumors coming out of a German outlet called Xbox Dynasty. Apparently, the report is that Microsoft wrote 343 a quote-unquote blank check, and they currently have $500 million just for game development alone, which is absolutely bonkers, if even remotely true, just to give you numbers and relative numbers. Uh, Grand Theft Auto, which was the most successful piece of entertainment of all time, was $250 million to develop. Okay, that's not including the marketing budget. Red Dead Redemption is a little bit over that. I think it's closer to 300 mil. But if Halo goes to 500 mil, what the fuck are they making? Holy shit. And that's just so exciting to hear because we want Halo to be amazing again. I really did love Halo 5, and um, I thought it was wonderful. But... Uh, if you can make it better, then absolutely make it better. <sighs> That's really all I got to say. It's a, it's, a, it's a rumor. It's exciting. Fucking Solo and I are Halo fans till we die, for sure. Just like... Facts. Big facts. Forever facts. the most facts. expensive game ever? Like, 
how would you ever feel? How would you feel if it was the most expensive game all ever made? My, would you be happy? All my upsetness with the Xbox One was directly tied to it not taking advantage of uh, the ability to use a, a lot of the... I guess Halo was just the content because I bought Xbox because of Halo. Halo sort of shaped exactly. us playing. And outside of that, it else. was the social system uh, for a lot of people and their network. And now I feel like, one, it shows that they're willing to put in a good amount of money in a, in a, a rock star Red Dead slash Grand Theft Auto model to be like, hey, if we invest a shit ton of money in this, we could get right. it back if we created a sustainable world. And I think that's the first mm-hmm. time they've tried to sort of do something like that with Halo, so I'm excited. And I mean, we love Microsoft. Shout out our event partners for multiple two in a row. Yo, love you guys. Yay, that's what I'm talking about. Let's go, baby. Hey. What is it? What is it? I need something. I need something. I have a Do you justice, really which is just us and you, Microsoft. Because it is a big deal. But anywho, now on to the final story, which is a little bit more Microsoft related, and that is that the Xbox Game Pass and Xbox Live is going to be bundled into a $14.99 a month subscription, which sounds like it would be perfect for a discless Xbox, if you ask me. But what can you do? Um, I think that would be a pretty great idea. I'm sure that the price of it would increase on a monthly basis to like 2025 over time, where Mm -hmm. like the first year would be that much. Like I was using code academy and my 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 account was twenty dollars per month i went to deactivate it because i didn't use it in a couple months and then i saw it's like do you want to deactivate because your account now costs forty dollars a month and so if you cancel it you lose that pricing and so you know that's very so complete side note that's how they get you but this was a great one uh i'm sure they tested the shit out of the exact number they should charge and i'm happy they charged this number but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's actually a really ridiculously competitive price for the value you're getting. Holy shit. As long as you can download and you have the space in your Xbox, you'll be set. You're good to go. Yeah, exactly. Do you, would, yeah. Anything, anything to add on that note? Nah, man. I mean, I actually am thinking about getting back into it. So that, that's honestly what I'm just throwing out there. And now we wrap up quick. So, uh, that's basically about all we have, uh, on that end. Um, and now on to a little bit for for just a moment. That's right, it's a little something another making a slight comeback, and that is uh, that a real life American politician, and this is according to Eurogamer.net, has been banned from Eve Online for alleged corruption. <laughs> Oh, what a fucking jerk. Uh, the Politicians corrupting everybody. Republican Brian Schoenman, who went by the name Brisk Rubel in the space MMO, was removed from his role as a member of the Council of Stellar Management, CSM, Eve's online <laughs> player advocacy group for ed- allegedly breaking a non-disclosure agreement and using insider information to make money in-game. 
<laughs> what a dick. What a dickhead. Um, Jesus. That was uh, pretty hilarious. You are banned. You so. get nothing, sir. Congratulations, oh you God, dick. You dick. Yeah, you're a dick. And you are. <laughs> now uh, they're running. They should run like campaign ads against him. Uh, but regardless, that was hilarious, and that's all I got. Now we're going to kick it over to Lilo for that's right a nice rendition of his new segment and hopefully if we have time for the final lap we'll get into it if not we'll pick that topic up next week so Lilo take it away I just did it I just did it it's my claps I we don't have anything you need like lightning we need like Tesla lightning coil sound yeah I'm gonna get one I'm gonna find one right now just pretend that was and we're gonna that was good so shoot take it home all right, so in this Lilo's laboratory, we, we want to talk a little bit about input lag. And input lag in video games is the delay between your television or monitor receiving a signal and it actually being displayed in the screen, or the delay between pressing a button and seeing it displayed on the screen. So for our intents and purposes, we're going to talk about you as the user playing a video game and pressing a button, how long it takes to get to the screen, why it fucking matters, and why you should worry about this kind of thing. All right, so that's sort of the overarching thing. I've been working on this for a little bit. Uh, it might bounce around, but at the end, I'm gonna have Solo ask me some questions if he's unsure of what the fuck we were talking about. People have talked at length. There's a whole bunch of videos, but I'm doing my best to make sure that you can understand just from the audio only. So, where do we see input lag? Well, you're going to see input lag with any piece of hardware connecting a console to a TV because any connection is going to introduce a delay. Any distance in which a signal needs to travel is going to take time, and the time causes a delay. So, as you send commands from your controller over the air to your console, from your console, it's going to process things through the wires to the TV, and then from the TV receiving that signal to the screen, it's all gonna take various amounts of time. And so those are different delays that we talk about, okay? Um, I broke it down just now, and those are the three points to reiterate. Pressing a button or articulating an action that then travels from your controller over the air to the console could be considered one part of delay. Then console processing the action and sending the data via the HDMI cable or whatever cable you're using to the TV or monitor of your choice is another set of delay. We're grouping a lot of that in together, but that is what it is. And then your TV processing that signal from the actual wires and then sending the messages to your monitor itself and each pixel to update and change. That's another set of delays. Again, there's a lot of processes in the background, but we're, we're going high level here, guys. High level to make sure you understand. All those actions take time and all those times affect how you play the game. It's influenced again by a myriad of different effects. Um, there's a lot of things on HDTVs nowadays that incorporate different monitor blurring or monitor cleaning, V-Sync, G-Sync, whatever you want to call it. Um, a lot of interpolation, graphics, updates, that kind of stuff that goes on in the background that all take extra time to process the image, and if you don't have those enabled, then you'll have a faster response time. So, when do you experience input lag? Well, you technically experience input lag all the time. Anytime in life, really. The phenomenon of lag is an effect of our physiology, meaning 
humans inherently have a reaction time or a delay associated with their actions. Human reaction times to visual stimuli are on average apparently 200 milliseconds or so, with some studies being done of pro gamers reacting to visual stimuli up to 130 milliseconds, um, you know, off of visual cues. So it takes time for the photons in the air, okay, this is photons, aka light waves, to travel from your screen to your eyes. From your eyes to your brain, from your brains to process, from your brain to send those signals back out to your hands to react, and from our hands to the depression of buttons, and all of that is called electromechanical delay. Your brain is essentially electrical signals and chemicals being released, and so there is a, a defined period of time that it takes for a signal to be activated in your brain, and all this leads to this reaction time. Uh, I think it's interesting to understand how human beings have an average reaction time, and that you know, elite athletes, of course, are at the top end of the spectrum, but there is a hard limit for us. What that is, we haven't defined yet, but it's probably close to like 70 or 60 milliseconds, which is insane, to activate any part of your body. Um, we were, apparently, re human beings react faster to auditory cues and visual cues, which could be up to 30 milliseconds faster. And this is because our brain converts pressure waves, which is the sound waves in the air, to neural signals easier than they can convert photons or light waves to neural signals in your brain. I think that's insane. I didn't understand that. But your brain actually takes a lot of time trying to process an image and put all that image visually in the right spot versus just hearing an audio cue and just processing that as what it is. Okay, so we have uh, apparently a startle response. It reacts faster than you can cognitively think about an action that can affect your reaction time. Many of us have probably experienced that before. You hear a loud bang or someone shoots a gun and you jump in the air before you realize what just happened. Or you put your hand down on a hot stove and you pick it up, but you don't remember trying to pick up your hand. Your body kind of just did it. That's the startle response, right? <laughs> it's funny because... Reaction time is such a factor in essentially physical activity for us that the IAAF or the International Association of Athletic Federation has uh, <laughs> disqualified individuals in track and field events if they react faster than 100 milliseconds after the audio cue, aka after a gunshot. They say that any reaction before 100 milliseconds can be chalked up to anticipation, which is really interesting. So these are actually the rules in the Olympics. They have pressure pads in the blocks where track runners start. And it's this, this idea that human beings should not be able to react faster than 100 milliseconds. And therefore, anyone who does is automatically disqualified. You don't even get to start over. You're automatically disqualified because your run start is most likely due to a lucky guess. But uh, there have been other studies done on professional athletes over, this is actually in Europe, where track and field stars will have pressure sensors in the blocks, but also on their hands. And the average time of some athletes was down to 75 milliseconds off the block where their body reacts. And you can tell by the pressure versus the audio cue. And so the IAAF for the Olympics gives you a hundred milliseconds limit. People are saying that some elite athletes can go sub 100 milliseconds, which is just unfathomable. If you ever want to, you can literally go online and find any reaction stuff that you want to. Uh, you can test out yourself. And I had an average reaction speed of 190 milliseconds. Not the best, but not the worst. Pretty average to be completely honest with you, but it is what it is. So 
let's relate this back to gaming. In video games, you're going to experience lag anytime you play any game and you're constantly flirting with all these delays, but you're definitely going to experience it when you're playing these opponents online because I gave you three factors, pressing a button that travels from the air to the console, console processing the action, sending it to the TV, TV processing what actions the console sent it, and then changing the picture. When you play online, there's a fourth step, and this fourth step is ping to the server, aka how quick you can coordinate and communicate with the server. Someone with a better connection than someone else is going to have a lower ping and thus a faster, quote unquote, or rather a lower delay, which is a faster reaction time compared to someone else who has high ping and cannot cannot, I guess, see those signals. They don't get those signals back to their console as fast as someone with a good internet connection. All of this combined together influences how you play the game. And it is actually, <laughs> it's, it's crazy to, to see in simulations, like you can determine the effect of different input lag and the display lag and all those delays on performance. So it's a clear correlation between input lag and performance in the game. I'm giving you a scenario that was run and a study that was done. I'm going to give you the highlights. If you took a distribution of the highest caliber of players in the world in perfect game settings, meaning they had the same game settings, same peripherals, same mouse, keyboard, same computer, same processing, same ping, etc., all of them with 170 millisecond average reaction time with a standard deviation of 20 milliseconds on either side, meaning some players are going to be better, some players are going to be worse, but they're all pretty close, right? And you gave them equal equipment. You delay one person versus another, and you had them trying to shoot each other in a game. Both of them had their guns drawn. Both of them were reloaded. Both of them just saw each other, and they shot each other when they saw each other on the screen. By running thousands of simulations per the delay, per millisecond delay from 1 to 20, apparently at 5 milliseconds difference, in refresh rate or input lag from one person to another, you could actually have up to a 57% advantage in winning a gunfight compared to the slower individual. This number actually just gets exacerbated the higher the delay. So what I'm trying to say is too long didn't listen. The higher the delay in ideal scenarios, the less likely you are to win a gunfight. Yes, that makes sense. But there are numbers associated with this in studies done. You can actually go to website blurbusters.com where they ran this study and gave you the results. Um, all in all, improving your equipment, ensuring you have the highest frame rate on your TV, but also the highest processing speeds from your equipment is necessary to give you any advantage in games, particularly shooters and fighters. The factor actually is so important that in the cases of certain fighter games like Ultimate Street Fighter 4, the Xbox 360 version of the game was chosen over the standard PS3 version because Xbox 360 had lower input lag compared to the PS3 version. And that's another fun fact about input lag in general. Different games on different consoles process at different speeds. And uh, tournament owners, official tournaments for the game take this into account when you're trying to play. So, again, Too Long didn't listen. I'm going to give you the rundown. Input lag is that weighty feel. When you're pressing a button and you see your character react on the screen, but it's slow and you don't know why. Multitude of factors. One of the biggest things is your monitor and how quick it reacts. Okay. 
You can go online, you can find the right equipment, ratings.com, R-T-I-N-G-S, or input lag, or rather displaylag.com, give you great, great feedback, great statistics on what consoles and monitors and TVs and equipment is out there that could be used to your advantage and to help you limit or mitigate the, I guess, performance <laughs> decrease that you get from uh, display or input lag. I know this is a, a, a long brush stroke of the subject. You can go online, find anything you want, but Solo, did you learn anything? Very much so. And hold on, as I write down. I think he's writing notes about it. This is great. All of the beautiful things I learned. Um, it's something very important, and it is uh, a topic that very serious gamers are familiar with. I think it's something that's more important than. I didn't even get into like the polling. Exactly. Stuff. That's the craziest part. Uh, I, There's so much more nuanced. Personally, I don't. I, I think you know. I get. I guess the feedback and the input lag is more important to me than maybe sharper graphics. I guess some could argue that sharper graphics could have almost a similar effect as an input lag decrease because you can see uh, at a sharper rate. But again, uh, this is statistically provable. So that's also literally. Very, literally. And so, you know, that's always interesting. Reminds me of a book called Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. If you've never read it, highly suggest it only because he creates these sorts of tests, which you take as truisms and you're like, wow, I guess everyone thinks that's true. And then creates a way to take a sort of, uh, con you know, sort of generally accepted truth and figure out a objective way to measure it. Disprove it. No, measure it, you know, to be able to, oh, okay, you know, okay. to measure the blinking of an eye, you know, during a conversation or whatever the case is, those little things to prove points. Mm -hmm. So interesting. And lastly, it's important with regards to cloud gaming, which as we know is going to become very dominant in the gaming That's industry. Super so lag. exactly. Yep. So yep, yep, yep. if Let's you go, Stadia. expect to wrong. become a pro gamer by using cloud gaming, we are here to tell Enough. you <laughs> nope, that ain't working, my friend. You might as well yeah, no chance. figure out a way to buy a PC. Anyway, I think now we've run a little bit of our dance longer than expected. And, you know, I guess we're, we're going we're gonna to close it out without jumping too far into a final lap. Uh, I guess we'll give you guys a sentence each on where we stand, if, if so as to if we mention it in the beginning, not to half-ass it or anything, but... A little touch on it before we get back into things. As far as accessibility goes, uh, you know, something like the controller Microsoft made during the Super Bowl commercial, if you aren't aware, the sort of adaptive assistive controllers that allow people with disabilities the ability to play the game or, or video games in general, I think is amazing. And I think those things should always be championed. Those things should be invested in, etc. I think when it comes to game difficulty, that is a different question because sort of in the case of like Cuphead, I thought that, you know, the game was very difficult. However, it was not so difficult as to be cheap. It had a rhythm and rhyme that all you had to do was memorize it. And if 
you know, some people enjoy that. So some people, the taxingness of that system is the reward to overcome, whereas other people, completion is the reward. And so I think there's a fundamental difference, and I think it's up to the game developers. And in the case of Cuphead, the developers who made it independently and put all that time in, if they didn't want to make an easy mode, they didn't have to. I don't know if they released an easy mode on the Switch one, but uh, same thing with Sekiro, because that's a conversation that has now become popular again. And it's like, that's all I got to say. We will. Mm-hmm. You give us the closing comments and then take us home. I think you touched on everything pretty well. The question I would say, I framed it a little bit differently in my mind, where accessibility versus game difficulty, do developers have a responsibility to make games accessible to everybody? And I would say, I would argue no. And I do agree that you should have it accessible and playable for everybody, but they shouldn't be designing it or catering it towards people right to towards a certain group um as far as difficulty i think there's a niche for everybody you kind of touch on that cuphead if you if it's your flavor if it's your vibe if it's what you want to go for absolutely go for it uh from software made sekiro made bloodborne made dark souls have been they've been touted as games that are incredibly difficult but people love the grind people love love fighting and other people hate it and solo did a very very good job of highlighting hey some people like completion some people like the journey and the struggle <laughs> and so it's like i've heard so many times from friends why would i play a game that makes my life difficult when my life is already <laughs> difficult enough <laughs> and so i get that i totally understand like you do you you play super mario odyssey and just like fuck around and run around the world it's cool i think there strikes a balance and as a gamer who loves all things i honestly Love both flavors of the world. Flavors of the Neapolitan. All three flavors, whatever they might be. So, that being said, we've run. We've run episode 73 pretty long. And I'm uh, pretty excited, pretty happy. You got a couple debuts of new segments. Yes, I fucked up the beginning. I'm sorry about the hotcakes. But hotcakes, baby, coming in. Uh, That is an iterative name. We will probably change that next time. But uh, expect a comeback of the rumor mill. And, of course, without... (sighs) <sighs> yeah, I am not ashamed to plug this, but you got to come out to the Soiree du Gaming at Launchpad on May 4th. Ice cream. At 6 p.m. Coffee. Ice cream, baby. Pizza. Ben Jerry's. What's your flavor? What's your flavor? Microsoft. Yeah. Shit, sure I might even get Dunkin' Donuts. Like an Dunkin' Donuts? Why not? Uh, just go on Eventbrite. Tickets five bucks. Or you can hit up Solo at People Like Games PLG, and he uh, he might hook up some tickets. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just on, on the download. On the download. Yeah, for anyone yeah, yeah. who made it this far. So, yeah, yeah. Come thank through. you for listening, and we will be tuned in for next week's episode 74. Adios.